0: I'm Chuck Smeaton from the Royal Institution of Australia, and this is the Cosmos Briefing Podcast. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Kaurna people, traditional owners of the land where I speak to you from today, and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. While Moderna has announced it will be making mRNA vaccines on Australian shores by 2024, there are places that could already be doing parts of the process. One such facility is based in Adelaide and run by Biocena. Biocena has the technology and the regulatory approvals to do the microbial cell culture, the first step of mRNA production process, and is currently using the technology to make other pharmaceutical products. Cosmos journalist Ellen Fidian wrote and produced today's episode where we take a look inside the facility to see how this production process might work and chatted to Biocena's CEO, Ian Weisenberg.
1: If we could name one molecule that has changed the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, that molecule would be mRNA. If Australia's ever to control this outbreak or the next one, we're going to need more of it. Vaccines using mRNA, like Pfizer and Moderna, have proved quick to manufacture and highly effective at provoking the immune system. But at the moment, there is nowhere in the country capable of making it at a pharmaceutical grade. Our mRNA vaccines continue to be shipped in from overseas. And while they're being shipped to us for boosters, much of the developing world remains unvaccinated. But there are places that could be producing mRNA and, with the right investments, could be making vaccines quickly. One such facility, based in Adelaide, has just been acquired by a company called Biocena. Cosmos was able to take a look inside the facility, see what's required to make this crucial vaccine ingredient, and what else the technique and technology could be used for.
2: Biocina, uh are a microbial process development and manufacturing facility. It's been around for 38 plus years. Great history here in Adelaide. Um, but the microbial platform is essentially E. coli bacterial fermentation and we can make anything that is required in that particular uh, medium which would be recombinant proteins, vaccines, even mRNA and and the plasmids the pDNA that go as starting material for the mRNA.
1: In one sense mRNA is fairly easy to make. You create the sequence that you want to make with DNA and the enzymes to turn that DNA into RNA. You make a lot of both of these and then react them together to turn it into mRNA. The best way to make a lot of this DNA is to do it in a bacterial cell. Why invent a whole new production line yourself when you can use one that's been around for hundreds of millions of years? The most commonly used bacterial cell is E. coli. This genetically modified E. coli can create plenty of DNA in circular shapes called plasmid DNA, and it can also produce the enzymes that turn it into RNA. But it's one thing to make mRNA, it's another thing entirely to make it at scale and at a standard that's considered safe to go in human bodies. This is where mRNA vaccine production around the world runs aground.
2: Biocena is the only FDA, US FDA, TGA, EMA and Canadian health approved facility here in Australia. You need to have those approvals to be able to be commercially viable to provide that opportunity for your customer.
1: There are plenty of other biotechnology facilities in Australia that have good manufacturing process approvals from the TGA and other agencies. But they don't have the technology or the skill set to do microbial culture. CSL in Melbourne, for instance, has been making AstraZeneca vaccines using mammalian cells, a completely different production pathway. Biocena has the technology to make mRNA, but they currently lack the equipment to turn that mRNA into a vaccine. They need a method of coating it to keep it stable, and a bottling facility to add it to vials. These things cost tens of millions of dollars, but with them, Biocena believes they'd be able to make 200 million mRNA vaccines every few months. Around the country, we have different facilities that can do different parts of the production process, but nowhere has all of the parts required to make mRNA vaccines. And nowhere, except for Biocena, has the approvals to do the first step making the mRNA. But even though they don't currently have the funds to turn themselves into a vaccine factory, Biocena is still making other pharmaceutical products.
2: Biocena is a, is a contract development and manufacturing organisation, which means is we provide services to customers. We don't own any IP. Mm-hmm. So we, we work with multiple customers on different programmes from vaccines to therapeutics to nanobody programmes. So it's, it's across a myriad of different modalities that we do operate, as long as they are either recombinant protein or antibody fragment uh, and such the like.
1: Prior to Biocena's acquisition, which was finalized last year, the Thebutin plant was run by Pfizer. It was making one pharmaceutical product, pegfilgrastim.
2: Over the last half a dozen or so years, the company or the facility has been producing one particular product very well. That product is now, it's a peg for grass and product is is now available uh, commercially. What we're doing with Biocena now is transforming it into a multi-product facility so we can work with across multiple companies, across multiple platforms with the central theme of microbial process development and manufacturing.
1: The process works like this. First, a pharmaceutical product that a company wants to develop spends time in the facility's research and development wing, undergoing safety tests, analytical tests, and determining a way to scale it up. Eventually, a small vial of specifically designed and genetically modified E. coli is taken into the manufacturing wing. It's added to a fermenter to make many, many, many more cells. Each of these cells contains the product that's eventually going to be used, whether a protein, plasma DNA for turning into RNA, or other molecules. This fermenter is 500 litres, but mRNA would only require a 50-litre reactor because it's so easy to make and purify. Next, the product made by the bacteria needs to be isolated. The bacterial cells are destroyed, the material is centrifuged, and then it passes through several purification steps to isolate the product they want. About half the day's workload in the facility for every staff member is devoted to keeping the process as clean as possible. There are dozens of engineering and human controls in place to ensure this. From the air, which is kept at a higher pressure than outside to prevent ingress and regularly sampled for contamination. To the freezers, which keep products at minus 80 degrees Celsius before they enter the facility. To the autoclaves, which clean every single piece of equipment before allowing it into the room. And of course, everyone working in the area has to follow strict personal protective equipment measures and be on the alert for any potential risks. It's these measures which give regulatory agencies the confidence that a facility like this can make medicines that are safe to go in human bodies.
2: To get those approvals and to get those requirements set, you actually have to go through the process of manufacturing a product that goes through to commercial. And the FDA, the US FDA will come and actually physically inspect the facility to make sure that it complies with all their requirements. And many of the agencies around the world will accept the US FDA's recommendations to, to approve.
1: In December, the federal government announced that global pharmaceutical company Moderna would be building an mRNA facility in Melbourne with the first mRNA vaccines being produced in 2024. It will take at least that long to build a facility like BioCena's and to ensure its safety. What's driving this interest in mRNA? The pandemic is an obvious answer, but the applications of mRNA and microbial culture go beyond that.
2: Why Australia? Uh, That's a question that's uh, posed many times. Uh, Many of our customers and potential customers are evaluating that. Um, There are a number of factors that weigh into why Australia, not the least of which is just the talent and the scientific expertise that resides here. Australia is not a big country. Um, but it has deep expertise in many areas, and the research institutions just here in Adelaide, the University of Adelaide, University of South Australia, and Flinders, we work with them all. Um, so there's a great opportunity there for for developing talent. Um, the the opportunity here for Biocena was one that. Uh, We recognize this facility, which has a great history. It actually came out of the University of Adelaide 38 years ago and ended up uh, in the hands of Pfizer over the last half a dozen or so years. Um, So there's a great resident expertise here. The quality is second to none.
1: Microbial culture has been around for decades. But the age of mRNA is bringing it into center stage. Over the next decade, we're going to be using bacteria as a factory to grow vaccines, medicines, and many, many more things. If Australia doesn't want to be left behind, we're going to have to look closely at where our resources in the biotechnology industry are now.
2: Australia is a big country with a very small population. It's not big enough to have multiple ecosystems in different states. I believe every state has a lot to offer. We have great research institutions here in Victoria, in Queensland, in Western Australia, New South Wales. We can all work together to collaborate. Biocena has a lot to offer. We don't and we cannot do everything. We don't intend to. But we're happy and we're willing and we're desirous of working with other companies and other consortiums to try to make this an effective solution for Australia.
0: We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Remember that you can head to cosmosmagazine.com via the link in the description for more great content. You can also subscribe to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's only science print magazine, and Cosmos Weekly with its unique approach to how science, news and the economy intersect. Podcast listeners can get both products at a special price using the coupon code you will also find in the description. Of course, you can watch and listen to all our Cosmos briefings via the link in the description too. And remember, if you support science and its communication, please support our work at the Royal Institution of Australia. I'm Chuck Smeaton. Thank you.